And I hear they lost the footage to the Wonder Woman audio that they did. (laughs) Hi, welcome back to Not So Southern Gentlemen. I'm Ricky. I'm Sean. Oh my gosh. Here we are again. Uh, you know... I feel bad for Mr. Stan Lee today. We got some bad news. Sean? He has lost his wife of 70 years of marriage, Joan B. Lee. Now, I have a question that you may be able to answer. Was she... Did she actually play Madam Web or just like a a drawing inspiration for Madam Web? (laughs) I don't have a clue, but now that you say that... No, I, I had read an article earlier this week saying she was either... She did the voice for Madam Web in the cartoon, or she was the inspiration for Madam Web. Either way, my biggest worry when when something like this happens it is not just the condolences for Mr. Lee. I don't know if you remember when June Cash died, Johnny wasn't too far behind. And... Stan and Joan seem to have that type of relationship, the same as like John and June, where they were so connected, they were such good friends, that I I just wish nothing but the best for Mr. Lee, and I I hope he continues to stay in good health. Absolutely. Um, She was in X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, She was Madam Web in the 1996 TV series. Uh, nice. She did voice work in the Fantastic Four series. She did, uh, 1994, did uh, a voice of a computer in the Iron Man TV series. Um, <laughs> I think she I think she had an in. <laughs> Man, yep. She she did well. She did well. Yeah, and we our hearts go out to, of course, the Lee family. Um, but speaking of some good news about Stan Lee, yeah. I, I saw a cameo with him in it, and... Um, well, Sean, this morning, do you uh, in a movie I've seen? Do you want to talk about this movie? Maybe a spoiler-free version of this movie? Yeah, let's go spoiler-free right now. What we can say about Spider-Man: Homecoming right now? Oh my God! Is, is it's done 257 million worldwide? Um, Spider-Man: Homecoming. What do I want to say? I want to say a lot, but uh, let me let me rein it in. Really, really good movie, guys. I mean, it's very good. Good lord! If you liked Civil War, Spider-Man, you will love Spider-Man: Homecoming. Now, it is a return to form for Spider-Man. He is he's the youngest he's ever been. He's I mean, we've seen in the in the Raimi movies and uh, Mark Webb movies, he was. You know, a high quote unquote a high schooler, but he wasn't right. much of high schooling. Uh, this one, Spider Man, is very high schooler, very into high school, going on field trips. Um, you know, uh, in class, futzing with stuff, making web fluid. You, you know what? There's there's a lot of John Hughes all over this film. Yeah, and that was uh, that was the direction the writers were uh, specifically. Oh, I mean, they stated that their their, their their idea was a John Hughes film, and yeah, where when there's no Spidey Spidey uh, thwipping, um, it feels a little John Hughesy. I like it. I really like it. It's it's very good. I I don't know how much detail I can go into without just because 
once you start down this path of speaking about this movie, which which we we'll, we will do after uh, the podcast and a and a spoiler review, we'll do a spoiler cast. Um, it, we'll start, it, it's just tough to stop. Yeah, it, yeah. Let, let's just start at the beginning. Of course, now the movie takes the very start of the movie takes place uh, in the oh, past, and we so get good. we get the vulture fleshed out the reasons he's doing what he's doing. Uh, the very a very cool connection that shows up. Um, the opening is very well done and, and provides you with a lot more character work on a villain than we've seen in a Marvel movie in a lot of in a lot of them. But uh, that's something that's something I'd like to say is I don't think it's too spoiler to say this. In my opinion, is probably the. I'm wanting to say the best villain we've had in Marvel, ah. but but I won't go that far because well because that's so subjective. I mean, like yeah, you yeah. could easily say Loki, Tom Loki Hiddleston, yeah, Avengers but he could be yeah, but he's he's a pure charisma machine. I mean, can you measure that against his his fleshed out backstory? I don't know. That's another My, that's another podcast. Yeah. Michael Keaton nails this. Like, and let's he be, is excellent. Yeah, let's be careful about spoilers because there's a point I want to talk about in the spoiler part that really got me in the theater that I don't want to give away here. So, yes, exactly. uh, let's just say there's, there's a lot. it's he's done really well. Um, I did want to go ahead and talk about the look of the vulture. I th- don't think anybody was on board whenever they first saw those. Prelim visual art of the the new vulture, and a trailer turned me around uh, with some very good shots. And this movie is it's amazing. I am completely. This is my vulture. It is fine. I don't need green wings, fuzzy collar, no helmet vulture. Oh, this is excellent. This is very good work here. There's the 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 humor for this movie. Is so on point. That's I, I love the fact that it, it has a perfect flow to keep the story moving, and you have it like most Marvel movies. It's so good mixture of action and humor. You know, it, it it has that flow where you have your action, you have your humor, and yet the story keeps flowing. There's nothing forced in there. Yeah, and there's a lot of things that could be seen as forced, but were well integrated. Um, a connection to a Spider-Man good guy and bad guy that's in there is absolutely great. Um, him navigating uh, different places as Spider-Man is hilarious in this movie. Uh, and I, I don't want to go any further on that because it's. It, I want it to unfurl on screen. It is really, yeah. really good uh, comedy. At like the I, end, the third act of the movie. I mean, is there anything about the second act you want to talk uh, about? Dude, I don't. I don't know how much further I can go. I, I. I will. For me, I would say, stay tuned because here in about forty minutes, we're gonna talk this thing out, and it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I did want to say, uh, third act of the movie, completely owned. Uh, it's it's well deserved. You get to it; it's natural. the The scene in in the tack in the in the car, absolutely riveting. 
and that's yeah. all I'm going to say about that. Uh, that's one of the best things I've seen in a Marvel movie, uh, a- a character work wise and acting yeah. wise. That was really good. Uh, and then, of course, it's a Spider-Man movie. Spider-Man has to let somebody down to go save the day. Uh, so that's in there, of course. <laughs> and then, um, you know, the the final act is just full of uh, Marvel goodness. And that's about as far as we can go with that till we get to the spoiler part. So I- I'm going to say, great movie. Go see this movie. Go see it again. Absolutely. Um, move on to something else that we can both just rave about and gush about and, and are I you really like going to steal can... my thunder on this this is this is my time okay this okay. is my okay. time i'm gonna let ricky shine for a moment once upon a time there was a system called the nintendo oh my god <laughs> and the nintendo we're, we're going all the way back to the 80s boys and girls well we have to because this relates directly to that um let's, let's go for it if you ever were a fan of early nintendo games of course you have your holy holy grails of Mario, Zelda, but then you start moving into second tier, you get Metroid, Castlevania, Kid Icarus, stuff like that. The stuff everybody knew about because it was right on the front. Konami had great uh, posters for all that. Um, Castlevania, the series, on Netflix. There was three Castle games on the NES. uh, Castlevania games on the NES. Castlevania 3 was a prequel to the first two games. And this Netflix series is the telling of of that game starting. And it yeah. is... <sighs> Castlevania Ugh. is the, the best thing, like, as good as Voltron was, as good as Voltron is continuing to be, Castlevania trumps it immediately with that first episode oh yeah oh yeah that, that, and we, guys this is we're just gonna just review it i mean spoiler yeah. non-spoiler we're gonna talk about this so oh yeah yeah castlevania is getting talked about um this was so much fun to watch i i started episode one and i was almost done with it and michelle had came to the room and i was like you I'm going to restart this, and you're going to watch this with me. And within five minutes, she was hooked. And, oh, yeah. and this is a person that doesn't watch anime. Oh, yeah. I watched I watched it all the way through. Just didn't stop. Just four oh, yeah. episodes. We did, too. We, we watched it. it. It's so good. Yeah. I, I Now, don't get me wrong. I wish there was more. Um, Only four it, episodes. It leaves you wanting more. It, But they take their time. Uh, they develop character work. It's really good, and um, I watched. Uh, 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 dang it, I watched a couple of videos about the making of. Uh, now, they t- took the color palette from Castlevania Three. I-, I didn't catch it, uh, but everything was colored right for those people. Um, the characters that are in, of course, it's Trevor Belmont, it's Alucard, it's Dracula. It's Lisa, um, somebody's mom, <laughs> Alucard's mom, and uh, Sypha, the uh, sorceress of Castlevania Three. Um, now, of course, there weren't really, well, there wasn't really a good backstory in the game as this, but I mean, the people that wrote this Castlevania story, and and this is Warren Ellis. This is mm-hmm. 
uh, his first screenplay. I mean, he's wrote plenty, but this is his first one he's directly adapted that has come out. And this is a great comic book writer. I mean, this show and, and the animators are really into Game of Thrones. That has a good Game of Thrones feel. In fact, uh, Longclaw is in the series. I went back and looked, and it was confirmed. It is. It is in the back of the uh, 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 armors uh, shop. Whenever he's talking, just, uh, that's to, awesome. Yeah, I, I just thought this was so good. the The first episode being, you know, just um, Lisa showing up. And her first, you know, her going up to the castle and knocking on the door. And at first you're like, oh, oh, this is bad. You're, you're not a smart person. You know, I, I don't know what you're thinking knocking on this door. And then she just, the, the acting in the, that takes over right there where she starts befriending Dracula. You know, she calls him on his BS and tells him, you know, basically... He, he's fronting and all this stuff. I freaking love that part. I was like, this girl's awesome. This is incredible. I, I'm really digging this. Only to have, you know, followed by sheer tragedy in the following moments. Oh, but in the best way, though. That, okay. So, let's talk about the character of Dracula. And so, oh. I mean, I, I didn't know what was going on at the very right. first and until I, of course, I'm a huge fan. I know the story they're telling. But the moment they said Lisa, I'm like, oh, is this what we're doing? But the way they told that story and Dracula's character, how she affects him and how she is and, and what happens and, and then what happens because of what happens... Uh, it's really amazing and a fresh take on that story, but but keeping to the entire storyline. I mean, it's not like a, it's not like they made up whole cloth about what's going on. Uh, they took the bones of of the story you have in in Castlevania three and in Symphony of the Night, and weave a great tale and great characters in just a few minutes. I mean. Right up until the the uh, um, the burning of the witch, yeah, it's absolutely great. That felt oh, like a it, whole movie in itself. Yeah, it was awesome. I just think it's so cool that uh, you know, we, we get this Netflix series, Dracula, voiced by Graham McTavish, who is also, you know, I mean, you're looking at the biggest, baddest dude right now, Dracula, and then his other character that he's playing right now, the saint of killers on preacher is just another awesome guy. Like it's good to be Graham McTavish right now. <laughs> yeah. And Matt, it's not good to be Matt Fuhrer in that series. I'll tell you that right now. Oh my um, goodness. <laughs> but I was happy to see him. Um, and Trevor, his introduction. I mean, it, it's a little, <laughs> um, it's a it's little, so I like it stereotypical for, for, or not stereotypical i mean it's kind of cookie cutter yeah, yeah. Of, of of that person but then it develops they develop him well it's just his introduction is kind of oh i've seen this before <laughs> mm -hmm. but it was it turned out really well and then uh alucard is absolutely great oh absolutely this great. is no and they oh, do dude. they do one of his moves out of 
um, Symphony of the Night. Where the, he, the sword. Yes. The sword extension. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the, the sword extension because it, it was, I believe it made it onto the list of one of the toughest boss fights there is because of that sword extension. Well, they also did his, um, where he, he teleports and then slashes. And that was done with a great effect in this show. Um, the way they did Dracula's Castle and Cypha. Oh, uh, was... Absolutely yeah. great. Like the Cyclops, loved it. I loved every minute of this. This was so great. Even the demons and the um, speakers. That's right. Yeah. There were priests. That was really well done, too. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it, it was very well done. Every single bit of this was excellent. The only downfall was it was only four episodes. Yeah, the art. Let, let's talk about the art for a minute, because this is very, very anime. Um, you know, and it was inspired, yes. they said, I mean, uh, the documentary I watched was the show has been developed since 2005. This was going to be a Cowboy Bebop-esque show. I mean, and, uh, that's, that's what they that. were going to base the, uh, the artwork on and that kind of thing. And, and over time it developed and it's kind of its own thing. The, they put out a promotional piece of artwork that I absolutely love. It's, it's basically redoing the original Castlevania artwork, but with these characters, and it was—it's just a beautiful thing. Oh, and, and I, I can't. It was very uh, Helsing Ultimate. Have you ever watched Helsing Ultimate? Yes, yes. I thought, yeah, when when he starts doing uh, the Dracula face in the clouds, in the sky, I was thinking this, this is just like something Alucard would do in Helsing. It, I just. Yes, dude, the art in this is so spot on. If anybody has any fears about it being a little too modern, maybe Netflix tried something different, no, they didn't. This art is done the correct way, and it looks amazing. And now, touchy subject, uh, the bad guys in this show... Dracula isn't necessarily the only bad guy, and uh, they poke a little at, at, at some things that some people might get offended at. I, I don't think that's the point of the show. I mean, no. um, because, you know, Trevor Trevor is like an excommunicated, you know, member of the church. He's a holy, that's how he was able to battle. You know, he is a truly holy, you know, fighter of, of evil demons and stuff like that. And they tell us, they tell a little... Uh, side story uh, in in the show about why and that kind of thing, but I, I just loved it. I absolutely loved this show, and uh, I my only thing absolutely is that it is too short. I cannot wait for season two, which will be double the length of eight episodes. That's awesome. Any word on when we will get it? No, but they immediately uh, they immediately ordered it as soon as they started seeing the uh, reviews and the uh, uh, the views. So that, yeah. that's good. Let's keep it going. Y'all go out and watch this. It is great. I, I know I'll probably watch it at least a couple more times myself. It's that good. This is going to be my new uh, Attack on Titan. Whenever I'm at the house alone, I'll just, oh, I need to watch some anime. I'll just throw on this Castlevania and let it play through I so need I can to... have something. I need awesome to finish to watch. watching season two of Attack on Titan. Mm. Oh, I'm behind on it big time, man. I need to get caught up. Um, so, but I have. I... Hold on a second before we move on. Now, what anime are you currently watching? 
right now we're watching Death Note. Are you watching Super? You're still watching Super though, right? Um, I am not caught up on Super. No, I am very behind on it. And Michelle wanted to watch something together and was willing to give anime a try. So we are watching Death Note. Well, I am also watching uh, One Punch Man with Logan whenever I can. Good choice, my friend. Which Good is choice. absolutely hilarious. I cannot oh, believe that <laughs> it is so good. Like, uh, just the weird quirky stuff that sets him off is absolutely hilarious every single time I see it. There's a couple of things I've went through uh, just uh, looking to see what's on Netflix or Hulu. Mm-hmm. I think, actually, I think we've been watching it on Hulu. And uh, there's that. And there's, there's another series, and it is about, um, like, a samurai gets woken up. And, but they uh, they fight ogres, but they're like outer space mechs. Dagnabbit, and I don't remember what it is. I should have had all this ready, and I don't remember. But it is pretty funny and pretty good. Um, I will get back to you on what the name of that is. And no, it's not Kill a Kill. Why am I looking at that? I have seen that, though. Kill a Kill is pretty funny. Not for the kids, though. No. But I'm glad you're watching One Punch Man, dude. That's really awesome. Yeah, and I, I've been looking for um, Death Note. Now, they've got a couple of, uh, not not the first series, but other series that's on there. And I tried yeah. a couple episodes of those, but I, I, it's just, on I wanted to go to the original. The original yeah, on is Netflix. on Netflix? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, I may have been looking at the wrong one then. Yep, it's on Netflix. If it's not on Netflix, then we're watching on Amazon Prime, and I'm sorry. I've just got, sometimes it all blends together. Yeah, I've got that as well. Ah, uh, Jeremy Renner. <laughs> Man, he ain't. Uh, it, it, as I read one article, he ain't tying his shoes lately. Um, somebody is having to tie them for him because he has two broken arms. Not Marvel's fault, though. Not Marvel's fault. No. Uh, he broke it on the broke both of them on the set of another movie that he is currently filming called Tag. And do you think this is going to uh, affect Infinity War or any? Um, I think he's already done filming most of his scenes there. Nice. So hopefully, as long as there's no reshoots or uh, anything needs to be redone, if there are reshoots, I guess uh, not any Hawkeye scenes. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. How do you ba- break both your arms? Uh, like, fall, you have to be... fall and land on your upper body? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. You you know you're, you're probably not planning that out well. Yeah, I can fall from this height. Oh, bad idea. Or I can go at this angle. Speak- so... Speaking of highs, you know what used to... Used to get me... No, that's a what, bad, that's a bad that's this? a bad intro. <laughs> what you are you know, doing with this? You know what I really like to get high on? No, just kidding. Uh, did you know that uh, Lois Lane is coming to Supergirl? Lois Lane is going to be on Supergirl. As uh, is she going to be playing Lois Lane? <laughs> well, we already have a Lois Lane on Supergirl, but there's another Lois Lane coming, and it's Erica Durance from Ooh. Smallville, who yes. was smoking. 
hot on Smallville, by the way. Absolutely. One of the main reasons that I hung on for all those years of horrible writing of Clark looking at Native American drawings and caves and crap like that. Oh, that show got so off place. But and a the season thing with Alex Luthor. The... Thank you, Erica Durantz, for showing up and uh, being Lois Lane because you, you're definitely one of the best parts of Smallville. Yeah, she's uh, she's actually going to be playing uh, Supergirl's mom, who an actress has already played her. Uh, uh, Laura Zorel. Laura, okay. Laura Benanti. Uh, she actually had commitments in New York and cannot uh, commit to coming back on Supergirl this season. So Erica Durant is picking up the slack. So nice. I can't argue with that. <laughs> no way. No way. Not at all. That'd be awesome. Oh, let's see. Now, and... I did have a thing that uh, I did have. Uh, shit. Marvel says that uh, Sam Jackson is coming back for Miss Marvel. Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Captain Marvel. Dude, I I get more and more excited for Captain Marvel every time I hear about it. Um, the other day I was watching Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, and I was like, Brie Larson's going to be an awesome Captain Marvel. Like, the the scene where it's, you know, her and Brandon Roth and all them, I'm just like picturing her as Captain Marvel. I'm like, this will work. She can do this. I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this movie. I'm ready to see how. Obviously, Nick Fury is going to be there. He's going to bring her into the Avengers fold. I'm sure. Do you think Shield will ever make a return in the MCU? You mean besides Agents of Shield? Right, but but I'm talking about we haven't had S.H.I.E.L.D. agents in an MCU movie. Since Age of Ultron? Since Age of Ultron, I guess, right? So how many have we had without them? I mean, three or four? Um, Age of Ultron. One, two, three, four, five counting Spider-Man. Yeah, so five movies without any agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? And I bet the return of Samuel Jackson is the return of S.H.I.E.L.D. I just think Captain Marvel would be the perfect head of S.H.I.E.L.D. That would be bad. Mm, I don't like that. No. Yeah. Dude, hey, it all depends on look. Look, all I'm saying is they show Brie Larson, you know, boning up on her homework, reading Captain Marvel, and she is reading the modern Captain Marvel stuff. And you need to read a few episodes, or read a few episodes, read a few issues of uh, Civil War too, <laughs> just so you know. Just so you can hate her of... before you watch the movie. You're not. You're not gonna hate her. You're not. She's <laughs> well. That's she funny because a... the rest of the internet that kind of does. Uh, I'm just saying she is a good character to have conflict with, and I'm interested to see how the MCU is going to take on this. You know. Because it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. You know, do do they go by the comic? Are they going to have her be the way she is in the comic? Is Which, she going to be a captain in the Air Force? I, that's going to be. That's got to be. I, I'm in. Yeah, I keep saying interested. I'm excited to see the way they do this 
storytelling of you know her how she becomes Captain Marvel because oh they they don't want to do a Green Lantern style so let's I, figure I, out something I think different. we're I think we're over the Green Lantern problem I think people aren't shying away from movies now because of Green Lantern I think you can make uh I think you can now make your movie say John Carter of Mars <laughs> oh yeah yeah but speaking of uh going to Mars and uh Brie Larson and the Air Force and all this stuff did you hear that uh something that is happening in real life is we have uh you know, a United States Space Corps. Kind of. Sort of. We have the approval. <laughs> we could do a thing if we wanted to. Well, the article I put in says that. Absolutely, yeah. And it also says that the Air Force says they already have that. And I was like, what? Wait a minute. First, first you tell me that we're getting a Space Corps, and then you already tell me that we already have a Space Corps? What? How, how do you know the Avengers ain't really out there, man? They're they're watching you. They know what's good for you. <laughs> so the members of the House of Representatives voted in a uh, the well. Let's see, the House Armed Services Committee voted in favor to create a military branch called the United States Space Corps, which would be a division of the Air Force. Uh, surprisingly, though, the Air Force kind of rebuffed, saying, uh, "Guys, we've kind of already got that department." Uh, we don't need it broken out into a separate... Now, they're, they're talking about this like the way the Space Corps would be under the Air Force, like the Marines are under the Navy kind of relationship. Okay. Understandable. Understandable. But it'd be exciting to see what we already have. If we already knew stuff. You know, uh, just random thought... Uh, a few mo weeks ago, maybe even a month or so ago, I was reading an article where Anonymous had allegedly said that in the next six months, if NASA doesn't announce that there's proof of alien life, that they were going to do it for them. Now, wait, what? Say that again? Yeah, yeah. Not the article I read said Anonymous was going to basically spill the beans about aliens being real if NASA didn't do it in the next six months. Well, uh, eh, I don't know if NASA has has that control. I mean, isn't it? It'd be funny. Like, isn't it supposed to be Area 51, and isn't that an Air Force base? Or Like, I don't know. I don't know how all that works. I, I guess they're saying, government, please release all your alien stuff. Yeah. Well, wouldn't we all like to know? Wouldn't we all like to know? I seen a great, uh, I seen a great uh, uh, political ad, and it was a guy reading the paper. He was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> His wife goes, "What's wrong?" He's like, "I just realized aliens aren't real." She's like, "Why? Why do you say that?" She's and of course it's, well, Trump's president. He <laughs> he would have he couldn't keep that under this hat. He'd have blabbed that months ago. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I wish aliens were real. I, I wish we could find out stuff like that. That would be awesome. Hey, I have no problem believing that there are aliens out there. I just don't believe they're uh, running around our planet uh, poking people with uh, little probies. Okay, okay. I can go with you on that. Or flying around hey. in Mexico City for some reason. 
So now that we've uh, wrapped up our uh, news section this week, uh, I did manage to actually get some local haul this week. It ain't much. It's been on pre-order a while, but now I have it, and I can say that I am holding the Amazon-exclusive Adolescent Groot Pop. Yay. Oh, whatever, dude. You know you thought Adolescent Groot was pretty funny at the end of Guardians 2. And, dude, it's something that the pop community would just jump all over. I mean, when I seen that scene, I was like, I need me a teenage Groot, because that's hilarious. And lo and behold, we get the Amazon exclusive. He's pretty awesome. I'm excited to have him. I don't know. He and, was he was kind of an ass teenager. <laughs> Well, aren't they all? I mean, I'm pretty sure we were. You worked with me. Yeah. No. Oh, let's let's not even begin to pull the nastiness out of that closet. Ugh. Oh, one of these days we'll have story time, and Rick can tell you all the horrible things. <laughs> I wasn't always this nice, likable guy. I am on the other end of the microphone. <laughs> it was James at the drive-through window with the cheese sauce. That's all I can tell you. Um, anyway. What do you got for local hall, man? Local hall. Um, I got, uh, somebody that works with me, uh, is leaving. And they, out of the blue, gave me something for being such a great person at work. And it was 1989, maybe, or 1983, I'm not sure, they're not in front of me at the moment. Uh, complete set of Star Wars sticker cards. From Return of the Ooh. Jedi. Really? Yeah, on the front is a sticker. Uh, some yeah. are just shots from the movie. Others are actually uh, shots that weren't in the movie, like character shots and stuff like that. Uh, and on the back, it makes a scene from the movie. You know, you stack nine together and it makes a scene. Oh, yeah. Really neat. I remember this. Yeah, yeah. And it made me think about, you know, whenever that time in our lives we had that kind of stuff. I mean, did you have anything like that? Oh, yeah. There were so many cards that used to... Well, don't even get me started on just collecting cards. But I remember you're, you're talking about a, you know, a set of nine to where on one side you have something usually collectible. Like but usually that, that back side you know, was a piece of the puzzle. Yes. And when you got those complete ones... I can't tell you how many card packs I bought of, you know, I can't even remember what they were. Probably something silly. But I wanted, oh, I need to complete this puzzle. Mom, I need another pack. <laughs> what? I need another one. I, do, I only have seven of the nine. I need two more. Yeah, my, let's see, what did we do that with? Uh, we had Garbage Pail Kids, of course. They did They did yes. the sticker cards first, and then and then they did the... The puzzle thing on the back of them at one time. Mm -hmm. um, I had, like, every cartoon series had sticker albums that you could buy, like, for a dollar. And then you bought, like, 29-cent packs of stickers. You stuck in there and, you know, from, it could be cartoon shots or it'd be Transformers the movie. And you'd put all together these scenes and have your little piece of red plastic tech spec reader you'd put over. And, and you could read the stuff. G.I. Oh, Joe. Yeah, yeah G.I. Joe had sticker books. You could get My Little yes. Pony and all that all that kind of crap. Just crap kids go, please, please, I need this. You didn't need it. Yeah, but you know you wish it you had it unopened. 
right now. Oh, I, sir, I do have all that unopened. <laughs> what are you talking about? I have a Transformer sticker book unopened. I have right within reach. Oh, well, if I don't throw my back out doing it. Uh, Transformers switchable sticker stick and play album. Uh, and this is a cardboard book with a three plastic ring, not a three ring, but a ring binder that has action scenes and talks about the characters and it has puffy, uh, lenticular stickers that shows, shows the robot mode and the vehicle mode. Dude, that's awesome. And there's, there's four sets of stickers that go with this that I haven't found yet, but I will find, I will find them. I, I knew you were about to go Zod on me when I heard you say I will find him. I will find him! Oh. That's a good Man of Steel now, movie right there. Was there any of those... I mean, cards were one thing. Everybody had cards, but was there any non-sports cards you were obsessed with had to get them? Had to get all of them? Oh, we had all the X-Men cards. Like, all of them. Uh, which like, series, though? <laughs> all of them. Like okay, so you had I, I'm talking, the first okay. the first okay the white the white border cards. Um, you know how you can get the three inch three ring binders, right? And you always see how many sleeves you can fit into them. Yeah. At my house, we have probably three or four of those stacked with as many sleeves as they'll hold, and they are all full of nothing but X-Men cards of every way, shape, or form. Yeah, I have about seven of those in my attic right above my head at this moment. <laughs> yeah, man. Like the first like, series with those, foil, all, with those foil cards all. that uh, were holograms. Oh, those then, were so awesome. I, I've got the Spider-Man set that was in the... Oh, the '90s! Like, there's a there's a great Marvel set. Okay, so the first set uh, had the white borders, and and the art's okay. Yeah. But the second set, that's had yeah. the Marvel Universe cards. They had a tan background, but they had great art. Like Arthur Adams did art for like half of that card set, and it is amazing. Uh, and and just so many other good cards at that time, and that's that's where I got the fever. And then, like, the other cards, the Spider-Man cards that came out were really... They started, you know, that was the time that everybody's buying comics, that uh, the prices were up. These these cards are, like, super good quality, super uh, shiny, you know. Well, I mean, all this those is kind of more things. than likely, for me, this is, this is what started that scratch, you know, started that itch that I needed to scratch. This was... Those cards were what led me to going, okay... I like this X-Men cartoon. I like these X-Men cards. I need to know more about the X-Men, at which point, you know, one of my good friends is saying, you need to come down to this store called The Paper Chase. <laughs> and I go to, I'm telling you, when you talk about cards, you are, you are really talking about where I got my start. That, that was what I collected before I collected any comics, was the cards, man. Oh, so much joy in those. Um, Dreaming up battles of who would win versus who because they would give you nonsense stats on the back of them like their power level or something. I don't know. Oh, so much fun, dude. Yeah, my um, X-Men 93 was the name of the card set that I specifically remember. Like, I have yes. all the cards. 
Uh, like yeah. I had, there were special foil, like well, there was a gold foil pack and a blue foil pack. Mm-hmm. I have all the, I even have the box, like the box the cards came in, like I bought a whole box. I still have the box. I still have the packages, have the whole set. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's somewhere. I'm totally right there. jealous of that. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go. Oh my goodness. That brings us to <clears throat> the Have You Seen It? And Rick, mine is a movie that I know you've seen because it I, stayed on repeat. I watched it with you. Oh, I know. But how many months was this on repeat? I know every word to this movie, I, honestly, because I've watched it so many times. That that kind and, of frightens me, actually, Sean. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. And, and, you know, my wife has only watched this movie once because well, she says it's I've too I've only dark watched it once. It is dark. What we're talking about is Darren Aronofsky's Requiem for a Dream. Oh, my and gosh. The, this, now... The this best be... performance by a Wayne's brother I've ever seen. Oh yeah, Marlon Wayans and is so incredible in this. But I know a lot of people say this is a dark movie. This is one of my Desert Island movies, man. I'm taking this. I- I'm taking this with me. I will be excited. Be be excited, dude. Christopher McDonald as Tappy Tibbins, the freaking craziest. I don't know. Is he is he a game show host? Is he a talk show host? Is oh he my like gosh! Those crazy. I forgot it, it, about he, that guy. Was oh he Billy my Mays god! Before Billy Mays, dude, I freaking love this movie. Billy Mays here. Oh, yes. Except it was Tappy Tibbins, you know, with be excited. Um, for for somebody the the way I was back when this movie came out in what two thousand. I, I probably wasn't – I was just out of high school. I was still a punk kid. And this is a Joker watch... fans movie, isn't it? Do what? And this is a Joker's fans movie. Yeah, yep. Jared Leto's in this movie. Jennifer Connelly's in this movie. Oh, my gosh. But, but let me just say – yeah, I know. You're over there. Just keep going, a, keep going. Keep going. The name Jennifer Connelly. We'll talk about her later. Yeah. This was, you know, there's those actors and actresses that, you know, you hear your parents talk about, oh, this person's great from my day. This movie was the first one where I watched the movie with Ellen Bernstein, and I was like, she's freaking awesome. There's a reason why this lady has been an actress for so long, because her part as Sarah Goldfarb is flat out incredible. I, I know you're – I was driven by – you know, when I first watched this movie, you're driven by the story of Jared Leto, Jennifer Carly, and Marlon Wayans. And they do have a tragic story. But Ellen Bernstein goes about this so innocently, and she ends up, I believe, worse than most of them. You know, I mean, the others don't end up in a happy place. <laughs> No, but, no but, but Ellen Bernstein's path down that horrible road that this movie takes her on was so shouldn't have happened, you know? Oh, such a good movie. If you haven't seen Requiem for a Dream, it, it's, it's a story about heroin abuse. It's a story about drug abuse. It's a story about how 
addictions will lead you down a horrible, horrible, dark path and can have very terrible endings for yourself and anybody close to you. Um, like I said, Rick's only seen it once. My wife only watched it once. I've literally watched it on repeat for months on end. Not continuously, but my friends and I... You know, you know, Ross and I probably watched this movie 20 times, 30 times, easily. No, easily. No comment. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right, that's my Have You Seen It, Darren Aronofsky's Requiem for a Dream. And uh, let, me, let me tell you this. When you talk about this movie, it's with the same passion that you talk about Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I mean, it's it's right there. I can hear it in your voice. Oh, it is. It's up there, man. It's up there right with it. Uh, my Have You Seen It for this week is a movie I've been putting off and I know I should have watched because I enjoy the others in the series, but I got time and watched Spectre, the last James Bond movie that came out. I still haven't seen it, so tell me about it. Really good. Really good. There's a, It's not as action-y as the last three movies, but it's very uh, character-driven uh, and very hard. <coughs> Sorry, very heartfelt. Um, on uh, if you understand this this modern character of James Bond as told uh, through the last three movies. Um, yeah. So is this this is the final Daniel Craig? Uh, no. Just the other day, I saw an article that he did agree to the twenty fifth movie coming out, and I believe it okay. is also still Sam Men- Menendez, but uh, I'm not sure. But, um, you know, and my son watched it with me and I, I, he, he had some questions about it and I told him that we, we really should sit down and watch his start as Bond in Casino Royale because man, the, the action in those first two movies is really the centerpiece of what's going on. And the story takes kind of a back seat, uh, but it's great and, and carries through and, um, the story kind of uh, ends in this movie. Um, you find out some things. Everything was connected and, and that kind of thing. Uh, Christoph Waltz, of course, is, plays the bad guy in the movie, and he's absolutely wonderful. Uh, oh, yeah. And da- I can imagine. And Daniel Craig is smarmy as ever <laughs> in this movie. And I, I really like it. And uh, Is it Ray? Talking about Voldemort? Voldemort? Yeah. yeah. Ray Fiennes. Rafe. Rafe. Um, really good. Um, in, enjoyed it. I, I shouldn't have put it off this long, but uh, my recommendation isn't just Spectre. It's the new uh, Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, um, Skyfall, Spectre. Watch the new James Bond. If you fully agree with that, one hundred percent there. Yeah, yeah. Start it over and watch it again. Is that the first one or the second one that starts off with that amazing parkour scene? That first one, that's Casino Casino Royale. That scene, you knew... I want to say you and I seen this in the theater together. Possibly. I believe so. It was one of the times where they had the uh, bring your own tub to Cersei and you could fill whatever it was with uh, popcorn. Mm -hmm. We had went and I remember thinking, okay, a reboot of James Bond or, you know, a continuation. Let's see what this guy has. Yeah, because Judy Dench was carried over from the uh, Timothy Dalton movies. 
yeah, yeah. Well, you know, what's this Bond going to be like? And it starts off with that parkour scene, and you're like... Well, they ramped this up a notch. Just a bit, yeah. Kind of makes puts those old movies to shame. Don't get me wrong. Um, I am a huge fan of Sean Connery, James Bond. But uh, it's it's just a different time, folks. I mean... It, oh, it's incredible. For, and, and let's not forget, I mean, it's easy to dismiss James Bond, but James Bond is, is a British superhero. He's doing superhero stuff. He just doesn't have a cape and cowl. He has yeah. MI6. Well, I mean, he's he's Black Widow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he is. I mean, it, it, he's Hawkeye. You know, without the bow and arrow, he, he he has all the abilities of an Avenger that was trained by Shield. Only he works for MI6. You know. You know, and if you're a fan oh. of the uh, the Bourne movies, the Bourne movies are just uh, American James Bond. Is what it is. I cannot believe that. Uh, Whoever owns the the uh, James Bond license has not tried to do a spinoff yet of an American secret agent, like a backdoor pilot, into one of these movies, and then have a completely new series they're not beholden to in any way, but tied to James Bond. Um, which, that would be cool. Which I mean, of course, you could do. You could just say, uh, uh, "Born." <laughs> I mean, "Born" is James Bond for America, so. And oh, yeah. those those movies aren't bad either. I mean, if you, if done right, um, that can work, uh, and I, I'd be happy to see it. Of course, I'm I am absolutely happy to see more James Bond. So, uh, I think there needs to be more international uh, characters that people can look up to. Uh, James Bond's a great example. Loved him since I was young. Uh, I thought it was really cool that he was from Great Britain. You get to see all that uh, stuff you don't get to see. You, you know, you just get to see Big Ben. I mean, I guarantee the only reason I know landmarks in uh, European countries is James Bond. <laughs> That's sad. Well, That's sad. I hadn't been there. Um, I know, I know. You know, and those those are amazing things to see. And, well, and Doctor Who, of course. Um, so. Yeah, that's true. Oh, you know what you don't want people to see, Rick? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. And I think we can both jump on this one. Um, Keanu Reeves did a movie once called Speed. Good movie. Pretty good movie, you know. Uh, a lot of people don't give Keanu Reeves a lot of props as an actor or whatever. I think Speed is one of those where he nailed it. He did. He took the part and did a very good job. He did another movie after that called Speed 2. Cruise control. Cruise control. Which makes no sense because it's on a boat! It's on a boat. Cruise control. On a boat. Is it, it was a bad, bad movie. Very bad. I mean, Sandra Bullock's there. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. But, yeah. I mean, that, that's... You got that, but... It, it, you can listen to the title. Speed 2, Cruise Control. Anytime your title sounds like that, you, you should just be able to say it out loud. And if it just has that tone to it, you're like, hmm, we should rename this. <laughs> but well, somebody didn't. And and they got a guy named Jason Patrick. You know, God bless the guy. It wasn't, it wasn't a good movie. <laughs> it was not good. No. no. Speed 2 is a very terrible movie. It uh, should definitely be on the don't see it. 
And don't don't get me wrong. I mean, Speed is a completely improbable, fun movie. I mean, it's right. it's Keanu Reeves uh, having a lot of charisma. I mean, it's right before Speed was before The Matrix, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And uh, he's he's not Ted or, or Bill and Ted in there. He's no. he's very good. Um, him and. Uh, well, he, Jeff, he, he um, also. Uh, what is his name? Oh. I mean, this is this is post Johnny Utah though as well, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Johnny Utah. <laughs> One more wave, Johnny. Um, right. Yeah, Keanu Reeves, Jeff Daniels uh, are a great partnership in that movie. I mean, Jeff Daniels, yeah. for the love of God. Jeff Daniels is great. If you've ever... You, you want to see some great acting, watch The Newsroom. Oh, Jeff Daniels yeah. is amazing in that show. But yeah. this movie, he's really funny. Um, and yeah. Keanu Reeves is, is the straight guy, of course. Dennis Hopper's your bad guy. And he's just chewing up scenery left and right. It is so good. Uh, Sandra Bullock, of course, the wildcat in that. Uh, she's... And she, she's good. Uh, it's just a really fun movie. You know, the bus up on two wheels, uh, the pressure. Um, the ramp. Yeah, the ramp. Uh, kind of funny now, but yeah, that was... It, it was a good movie. It was honestly good, fun, popcorn, go to the movies, have a great time, tell your friends movie. Speed 2 is not that. <laughs> no, it's terrible. No. Don't see it. Oh, don't see it. Now, dude... Before before we wrap up the podcast, before we we continue on and have a spoiler cast for Spider-Man Homecoming, we are ready to make probably the biggest news for Not-So-Southern Gentlemen since we've started being a podcast ever. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Possibly. Um, I hope. I really do. And it's super exciting. Back in April... The Arkansas Comic-Con was looking for people to do panel stuff. And they had the opening night, you know, that they posted on their page. They're like, oh, if you have an idea for a panel, send it to us. We'll evaluate it and get back with you. This is, I think, April 4th. I apply for me and you. I I don't think I even told you. No, no, you didn't. Let I'll me let me quick, clear that up uh, for you. No. Okay, so Ricky didn't even know about it. I apply. Well, uh, this past week we get a reply back. We've been accepted. Ricky and I have a panel. Not so Southern gentleman has a panel at the upcoming Arkansas Comic Con, September 9th and 10th, at the State House Convention Center in Little Rock, Arkansas. We, I am very excited. I am very excited. I'll let Rick speak for himself. I, if you're one of the local listeners, if you're in Little Rock, if you're in Arkansas, please make your way to the Statehouse Convention Center. Come see us at the panel. This is big for us. And I would love to meet some of the people that actually listen to us. This is awesome. This is a chance for us, and uh, I couldn't be happier. I believe we are on 
Saturday, September 9th at 11.30 to 12.20, something like that, somewhere around that. I can give you more exact details when I have the email open and, and looking at it. I'm sorry, that I wasn't prepared. And that but, you may need to forward to me at some point. That'd be great. Thanks. It, it's in our not-so-southern gentleman email. What? Yeah, it's sitting there at your fingertips at this moment. Sweet. I, I'm just excited, man. And, and we will be talking about the chemistry between Rick and I. We have been told, I, I know I have since we've started doing this, that uh, me and this guy that refers to me as a knucklehead most of the time seem to uh, bounce off each other rather well. And we'll be discussing that and how... That works in some of in podcasting, and I know there's definitely other podcasts that I listen to where great examples of chemistry make the podcast so much better, not just the content that you know is brought forth. I can bring forth content left and right by my, trust me, a podcast by myself would not be half as good as without having Rick on the other side there. So I, I'm excited for this. You're right. I agree with that statement. <laughs> but also, uh, let me throw in, you know, I, I wouldn't be doing this if not for Sean Thomas. It's something I've wanted to do, but without a reason to do so. I mean, got a lot of stuff going on. I've got family, got work. But something like this, a friendship like what I have with Sean, is something that I need to make time for. And uh, with this podcast, it has just grown uh, that, you know, we're even closer. We were buddies before and, uh, you know, we're great buddies now. And yeah, we'll we'll be talking about all that during our panel. And guys, if y'all have any ideas, any questions uh, you'd like us to answer during that panel, we'll we're taking ideas. You know, if you want to hear something, us discuss something live, please let us know. Absolutely. I, I plan on setting my phone. Uh, obviously, we will do our best, and if allowed, we will record it. If not, uh, I'm sure I've seen multiple times they usually have no problem with somebody setting up a cell phone and throwing on some Facebook Live. So those of those people that are outside of our, you know, the ability to show up at the con can watch the panel on Facebook Live. I'm so excited for this, dude. Arkansas Comic Con. This is this is huge. We, it, it's crazy. I mean, we'll, we'll probably not see him, but you're going to be on the same, you know, list of people that's going to be there as Ernie Hudson. You know, you, you're you're going to be on the same list as Winston Zedmore, dude. That's pretty friggin' cool. He was in Transformers Prime, Dad. Gummit. That's right. Oh. So you can find where where can you find us? Where can you find all this awesome stuff? Uh, you can find me at Maynard ninety eight. You can find both of us at Not So Southern G's. This is on Twitter. You can find me at Ricky Westbrook on Twitter. You can search Not So Southern Gentleman on Facebook. Uh, look at my fan project at Transformer Card on Twitter, please, and give me a shout. Gosh, we're about to roll into a spoiler filled review of Spider-Man. So, Sean, do you want to end us out right? That's right. For Not So Southern Gentlemen, I'm Sean. And I'm Ricky. 
Now stay tuned for some spider time. Dude, I'm so ready. Oh, Spider-Man Homecoming review incoming. Now, guys, this is a this is the spoiler part of the show. If you have not seen Spider-Man and you do not want to be spoiled, stop. If you don't care about spoilers, hey, we're glad we're happy to have you. <laughs> Come on aboard. But now, prepare to have the movie totally shattered. We'll break the movie down in just a minute. Now, Sean, what is your heartfelt Spoiler review of the movie in a nutshell. Here we go, man. I want to put this as my favorite Spider-Man of all time. I want to. And I may eventually put it (coughs) as my favorite Spider-Man movie of all time. It may be just nostalgia that's holding me back because I freaking love Spider-Man 2. Well, you know... Is it is it Spider Man or is it Raimi? It's Raimi. It's <laughs> Raimi. It's Edward Mung or yeah, Edward Alfred, Alfred 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 Molina. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Alfred Molina. You throw me the idol, I throw you the whip. Dude, you gotta admit you, that is Doc Ock. If we was to take Doc Ock from the page to the screen, I really think it's Alfred Molina. Oh it, yeah. It, it's perfect. You know, there, there's those perfect castings. People always oh well you know Heath Ledger is the Joker oh that was absolutely incredible Alfred Molina's Doc Ock was awesome now we're here to talk about Spider-Man Homecoming I freaking love well, this movie compare yeah. and contrast is not a bad thing but right but you know a lot of people a lot a lot a lot best you know Spider-Man to be on screen ever and I will admit when it comes to Spider-Man, Tom Holland nails it. Tom Holland is my favorite Spider-Man of all time. Spider-Man is greater than Tobey Maguire and greater than Andrew Garfield. No disrespect to them. I think they both did pretty well for what they had at that time. But Tom oh, yeah. Holland is my favorite Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, Tobey Maguire did a great job in the movies he was in. You know, throw out Spider-Man 3... And we're all fine with Tobey Maguire. Andrew Garfield was a great Peter Parker and a good Spider-Man in a badly written series. Um, but, you know, there was real potential for him to be great. And I think he was... He acted it great. It's just the movie around him wasn't as good as he was. Um, because because nobody's had a movie around him like Tom Holland. Oh. This, this was amazing. The, the start of this movie, when we get to see, you know, Spider-Man vlogging, basically, for you get to see Civil War vlogged, you know, hey, I'm Spider-Man, this is a vlog, I'm about to, oh my god, dude, I was so excited. It was just so incredible. What the hell? That dude's big now. I gotta go. <laughs> oh. 
Well, let's if we're going to break start into the movie, let's start it out right. The very opening scene starts in the past, right yeah. after uh, Avengers, uh, the attack on New York, and uh, Adrian Toomes, uh, Michael Keaton, is hired to start the cleanup. You know, is contracted yeah. to uh, uh, somebody's got to clean York. that mess up. Absolutely. And, of course, who rolls in but damage control? Ah, oh, we have damage control. That's so great. Uh, did you ever own any damage control comics? I did not. Uh, they were at the Axe of Vengeance storyline, and uh, they were pretty funny. I mean, it was a throwaway book. Uh, it, it, it lasted, you know, that one. I think there's like 12. Well, not 12 issues, like 8 issues or something like that. But uh, to see that in the Marvel Universe was absolutely hilarious. And, of course, it's Tony Stark cleaning up. So uh, yeah. he's getting paid to be- <laughs> clean up the clean mess up that they mess. made. Yeah. And, of course, so, yeah, uh, uh, the Vulture is not, not happy about this. And he's a literal Vulture. He's a scavenger. He is a guy picking up all the crap. And that's, that's really great writing there. I mean, it's a really neat hook. And, of course, uh, they keep some of the stuff. They keep the alien tech. And we move on to the future, into the vlogging of uh, uh, Peter Parker going to Germany to fight Captain America. Oh, so awesome. We, We get the return of Happy Hogan. I loved it. John Favreau, Happy Hogan, this... Was his best since Iron Man? Oh, Iron Man two hey, or this? I I don't know. I don't know which is my favorite. Let me ask you, who's one of the smartest directors in the world? I think I'll write myself into into this movie. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But but really, it, it I don't know which Happy Hogan story I like better, this or Iron Man two. It, it's just a toss up because he was awesome in this movie. That that was a private conversation. It was really hard for me to talk to you about that. <laughs> <laughs> loved it. Absolutely oh loved it. Um, of course, you know, Peter ends up in a cab. He vlogs, he vlogs, he vlogs, and then uh, the vlog goes to a live version of what he's doing, talking to Tony Stark. That's where the movie takes over. Um, he's letting him out after the uh, after Civil War has happened. And t- gives him the suit and tells him good luck. And him figuring... And, and let's not skip over the part that this movie is an absolute great high school movie. Um, oh, yeah. Peter, uh, when I talk about the John Hughes influence, it really felt John Hughesy. It, it It's the perfect melding of a John Hughes and a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Well, now, you've brought that up. Is there any particular spots that... Uh, uh, Echo to like Breakfast Club or something like that for you. Well, uh, the exact scene of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Well, I mean, is, okay, that's is, a little on is, the nose. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is literally playing on a TV in the background of the scene where Spider-Man is doing a yard-to-yard jumping around because guess what? Oh, when Spider-Man is in suburbia, there's no buildings to swing off of. And trees are shit to swing off of, by the way. Oh my goodness. It's just so awesome. Yeah, the the first scene of where he does the thwip and the web just goes flying into nowhere. (laughs) And then he runs uh, across the golf course. (laughs) This sucks. It's so good. That's absolutely great. Um, The... 
the equipment. Like, so, okay. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. The Vulture and his crew, uh, which consist of some bad guys that we know, uh, yeah. have been harvesting and developing weapons based on Chitari tech. Right. Yeah. And, uh, like, the Shocker shows up and... Shocker 1 and Shocker 2. Shocker 1 and Shocker 2. And, of course, those gauntlets he's using are the gauntlets from uh, Civil War. They're, um, what's his face? Uh, oh, crossbones. Crossbone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, electrified, of course. And then, mm-hmm. you know, a couple other things. Like, I thought that was the anti-gravity gun. <laughs> that's so awesome. That is great. Uh, that's why we get Shocker 2. Um, and the Tinkerer is in there. Uh, yeah, man. Scorpion is in there. Of course, uh, Prowler. The Prowler is in there. Who I did not know this until the movie uh, is a relative of another superhero who is mentioned, not by name, but Just by nephew. by relation. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, which which is really exciting. Sean, I'm just babbling. What what are your thoughts I, on on what do you want to pick out know. of this? It, it's so huge. I don't know where to take the. I can say this. When, when I walk out of the theater, I finally think Marvel has a bad guy nobody can talk smack about. Because Michael Keaton does such a good job as the Vulture. It, this is not a pushover bad guy. This, this bad guy is personal. This bad guy takes it to a whole new level because he's the first one where... He, I think he gets real, you know, that's what makes their their battle so huge is the fact that we find out after Adrian Toomes has been built up to be this horrible guy, horrible guy, horrible guy. Oh, wait, 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 are you going to do that right now? I, I was thinking about it just because I want to talk about Michael Keaton. Uh, well, I mean, the scene, you got you to gotta unroll the scene first. Ugh, that's so good. It is. It is. Um, what what Ricky is wanting me to unveil or slowly unveil. <laughs> well, it, now, it, now it, I feel now I feel kind of sexy. Hmm. Oh well. Um, you know, you you get all this high school story of Peter being an actual awkward teenager. The way that if you read the comics, you know, Peter Parker didn't have fun in high school. Really? No. He, he only became the cool guy when he put on that Spider-Man suit. He he his attitude changed, his confidence changes. When he doesn't have that, I thought Tom Holland nails the stuttering, kind of messed up genius that's socially awkward. That it, it's done perfectly. Well, what do you it, think it about really the high school stuff? What what about Ned? How do you feel about Ned? Ned is awesome. I freaking <laughs> love Ned. The guy in the chair. I want to be the guy in the chair. I want to be the guy in the chair. Can I put the uh, mask on? Uh, I freaking ve- love Ned. Very early um, on, of course, you know, and, and he says it. He says it right there. Hey, I'm going to come to your house and help put this together. And, uh, you know, he had made it. just like, oh, yeah, okay. So uh, Spider-Man rolls in, sneaks into his room. Ned's sitting right there. You're the Spider-Man. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. That was so great. And, uh, you know, any other... I'm not sure just anybody could have pulled that off because, you know, he's sitting there almost exposing him at, at, at four or five different turns. 
that could get really annoying with another actor. But I think this kid who's playing Ned did a really great job. He's really charismatic. Um, kid, you, it feels like a real kid you'd know in high school. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could name who that kid was at, at, at my school. Ja- oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say that actor is Jacob Battleland. I think okay, that's yeah. how you spell And uh, um, Peter's girl t- problems, um, you know, MJ... Uh, well, Mary Jane and and uh, uh, Gwen Stacy are not in this movie. There were there there you are some get, named people. You get Betty Brant. Betty's in there. That, that's right. You yeah. let's talk about this. Um, now You're talking about Zendaya. Zendaya. No, no, because I, I think no, no, no. That it, I don't think that's correct. I think because she that's not her name. Her name is Michelle, and I know they say MJ. That doesn't mean. Right. Oh, I, I, I guarantee you they're testing the waters to see how that is. They can really easily care. in the next movie go, oh, well, coincidence. I mean, because Mary Jane's name is Mary Jane, so. Dude, I don't care. This is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This isn't the Marvel Comic Universe. So <laughs> they can change it up how they want because this movie was that great. Let them do, we, we, we've said it before. Let Marvel do what Marvel wants to do until they screw it up, and that hadn't happened yet. Well, so I'm just going to keep trusting them. Let me tell you a point I didn't like. I didn't like Flash Thompson at all because um, that kid could have just as easily been football captain jock guy, but they went and uh, Fantastic Four Doctor Doom's a hacker him. Did not like that at all, and and I understand. Well, that's more how. Uh, uh, bullies are these days and blah 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 that's not Flash Thompson (laughs) you could have taken that same actor put a a varsity jacket on him and have him be smart not a problem but but it it did bother me can we say that he he does have a crush and her name is Liz Peter has his first couple encounters with the vulture and then and sees who he is yeah sees his face the we get the ferry boat scene, which wow. is absolutely great. That set piece is, and it's the Staten Island ferry. I mean, it's not yeah. just a boat; <laughs> it is the Staten Island ferry. Yeah. The the chemistry, like we can talk about this. The the chemistry between Tom Holland and RDJ is off the charts. Robert Downey Jr. is in this movie just enough. Yeah, he's he's not in it enough to steal any one scene. He does not steal any scene whatsoever. Honestly, he is in there as a catalyst to move the movie along and to build, you know, that bond that he has with Peter Parker. And I I, I love the first setup they do with Peter's first encounter with the Vulture. He he takes him way up in the air. And drops him, and Peter ends up in a lake, and Iron Man comes to save him, or so he thinks. It, it's just a remote-controlled suit. Tony's not there. Uh, so, after the ferry incident, there's this great scene where uh, Peter is like, or if you, care, if you cared, you'd be here. And, of course, the suit opens up, and Tony steps out of the suit. And he's like, oh, shit. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love that scene because Tom Holland like staggers backwards like oh crap he's here 
he he's really here, and I really messed up. Oh yeah, and he and, was in full rage. I mean, he was in a great scene of of passion. You know, he was angry and upset, and you know this and that. And his reaction to that is just absolutely perfect. Oh, I, I thought it was perfect scene for them. And then of you course know, he loses the suit. Yeah, he loses his suit. He he gets the he gets the high school blues. But he decides to ask Liz to homecoming. Now, uh, before before we get there, I know I keep I keep uh, holding you back. Um, what did you think about the scene with Karen? I like Karen. I think uh, Jennifer Connelly is pretty cool because you know she's married to Paul, Paul Bettany, Bettany. Yeah, in real life, and Paul Bettany started out as a voice, Jarvis, and and, and now she started out as a voice. But uh, uh, my, you know, somebody pointed out that that whole scene is so great because you, uh, Peter, Spider-Man is always talking to himself, always making exposition because, I mean, he's street level, he's on his own, he's not a part of a team, he's just Spider-Man. And putting her there so he could talk to her just in that whole, you know, where he's in the middle of this government damage control facility locked in and he has to spend this whole 36 minutes <laughs> talking yeah. to which which is a funny joke. Uh, it wasn't actually 36 minutes, but um I, I thought it was great and, and really well done. Um of course getting to where where you're going with this, the um Liz he asked her out the way that scene plays out and I, I wanted to speak now do you just want to do it or because I do want to speak to it go for it man go for it so uh, you know where you were was he asked her out he gets ready you know he's going to prom he, he goes and he goes to Liz's house which he's been to before at the party but had to leave he gets to the door rings the doorbell door opens now, before we get anywhere, now, Liz, of course, is is a person of color. She she is, uh, well, you, you assume that she's African-American. Yeah, you, you could assume that she is African-American. The door opens, it's Adrian Toomes. It's Michael Keaton. And so, first thing, don't know anything about it, your brain, being a human brain, goes to, oh my God, he's in the house, he has her, this is, wait a minute. You're kind of, you know, your brain starts cycling about what's going on here. And then it starts clicking. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. You know, he invites him in, doesn't know who he is. There's Liz, and there's her mom. You know, Adrian Toomes is the dad. You're like, oh, duh. Duh. I'm stupid. <laughs> but that's. It- that's how it played for me. Like, oh, it was genuine surprise, genuine shock, and and I wasn't the only one in the theater that was like, oh no, wait, <laughs> nothing's going on. He's not doing anything. Why isn't he not doing anything? I don't know, man. I didn't get that feel out of it. I just immediately got the punch in the gut, like, oh crap, the vultures are dead. Right. That, yeah, it, it was awesome. Uh, I thought that's what, that's the turning point where he became an even better bad guy for me. The the part where, you know, Michael Keaton, Adrian Toomes, Vulture, he stepped it up a notch right there because now it's personal. Now we have a common interest. We have, you know, 
your daughter, the girl I like, she's the common connection between Spider-Man and the Vulture, and, you know, Spider-Man instantly makes that connection, and Vulture's not too far off from oh making that gosh. connection, because... So, yeah, he takes him to the, to the homecoming, and... On the way there, figures uh, it out. Well, I mean, he doesn't have a clue... And, and Peter's sitting there, you know, okay, okay. But Liz starts talking. And Liz is talking about, oh, yes, Peter, uh, pa- Peter's Spider-Man's friend. He knows him, blah, blah, blah. Lucky he showed up. You know, Peter, where were you during this? And and Michael Keaton, the expressions on his face, I mean, he's so, acting so great. I mean, you could tell what's going on behind those eyes. And the moment the realization happens, you know. You absolutely know. And then she gets out of the car, and he's like, well, I, we'll be there in a second, honey. I'm going to have a man-to-man talk with, with uh, Peter here. You're like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, where is this going? And that talk is probably one of the most villainous things I've seen in a Marvel movie besides uh, Loki's when Loki talks to uh, uh, the Black Widow in Avengers. Yeah, I could say that. I, I could see that uh, definitely. Ah, but this was, you know, I mean, he's mad. He's, I will kill you. I will kill everybody you love because that's what I will do for my family. It's so good. Michael Keaton just nailing this role perfectly of the evil villain. Uh, Like I said, that after that scene right there is where you went, well, Marvel stepped it up a notch. They got tired of being called, you know, Wussy bad guys. And it's uh, the daggum vulture, though. It's it's the vulture. You can't oh. you can't do the vulture. He's the joke one. You can do Mysterio before you can do the joke the vulture. Who not, who you're gonna him. get to play the vulture? Oh yeah. And Marvel's like it. just here you go, Sit guys. Sit back and watch. <laughs> Sit back and watch. We uh Guardians of the Galaxy, point. that'll never work. A talking raccoon. Oh, yeah. Good Lord. Dude, from this part, we can, you know, the the movie definitely follows the typical uh, course of action, you know. Uh, they know who each other are. They're going to start feeling it out. We, we move on to the battle scene, you know. Uh, Spider-Man confronts Vulture head face to face, just straight up. Hey, I don't have a fancy suit, but I'm here to beat you down. And we get to see how strong this, you know, Spider-Man is. E- each iteration that we've have of Spider-Man has had a different, you know, strength level. You know, maybe one has natural web shooters, the other one has homemade web shooters, the other ones can, you know, do this and do that. This Spider-Man gets a whole building dropped on him, and straight out of one of your comics you bought. Yeah. Ah, uh, I don't have that in front of me right now. I don't think. But but the scene, the scene taken straight out of the comic is is Peter, of course, lifting all this mass that's on top of him that he doesn't think he can lift. Uh and it's it's done absolutely pitch perfect. Um, it, it, it's great. It's it's one of the best things I've seen of a Spider-Man in in cinema. Um. And then, of course, we get some Easter eggs. 
uh, because the Vulture's big score that he's talking about the whole movie that he doesn't want to do, that he finally has to do, <coughs> is raiding the Avengers jet that's that's leaving uh, uh, Avengers Tower. To go to Avengers Compound. <laughs> that that has uh, a Hulk, a name-checked Hulkbuster armor in it, not... Because now, the armor in Age of Ultron is never called Hulk, Hulkbuster. It's called Veronica. Uh, yeah, Veronica. But he name-checks the Hulkbuster armor. He name-checks, almost name-checks, uh, Thor's belt from Norse mythology. And, and I am not going to try to pronounce that. Neither does he. <laughs> and uh, so arc reactors are packed in there. Which, prototype Captain America shield. Prototype Captain America shield is name-checked. And now, that's very funny because those arc reactors, why does he have a bunch of those? And that picture of Tony Stark showed up with a hole in his shirt for an arc reactor. Hmm. I don't know, man. Hmm. I don't know. No Infinity Gem in this movie, though. Sorry, guys. No. But, dude, this this Spider-Man fight scene that we get when, you know, the Vulture tries to break into the jet... And Spider-Man's hot on his heels. Ah, uh, this is so good. The the jet going invisible like the the carriers did. It it's just awesome. I, I freaking love this fight scene and the fact that you know if Spider-Man falls, that this is it for our hero. There's, you know, he's not in a fancy Stark suit. He's in the homemade suit right now, fighting. A true villain, and they're you know how many ever many thousands of feet up in the air right now. It's awesome. Yeah, they're flying over New York and and <laughs> land in Coney land in Coney Island. Um, yeah, man, that final that final scene, of course, where he you know saves Vulture from himself, basically ends up in a good place. The good feeling. The, the end of the movie where he goes and gets invited to the, uh, the Avengers compound and that suit, dude. <laughs> Let's talk Iron about that suit. suit. Well, not that because it, 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 of course, it was invoking the Iron Spider suit because of Civil right. War. But that suit was one of two things. He's either going to wear that in Infinity War in space or two, yeah. that's going to be Miles Morales' suit. I... I think, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we get Amadeus Cho and we actually get Iron Spider. Oh, out of Ultimate? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've, yeah, I've watched that with Logan. I know what you're talking about. I was like, what? What? The Hulk? What? Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't get Amadeus Cho maybe in the second Spider-Man movie and maybe he gets to, you know, because that is incredible. Oh, the ending to this movie, very good. Pepper, Pepper Potts. We get Pepper. Pepper's back. Hooray. Gwyneth Paltrow decided to bless the Marvel Universe with her presence again. Thank you very much. Uh, I yeah, don't know, that was man. great. That press conference thing was great. And that played very well. Tony being yep. Tony. Uh, now, oh. what did you think of the Captain America appearances in the movie itself? Captain America appearances were very hilarious throughout the you know, movie reminded me of, you know, watching Arnold Schwarzenegger give me a gym speech or, you know, uh, Michael Jordan give me a gym speech, you know, back when the president's challenge was something that you did in high school each year. They always had those 
motivational videos that they showed you before, you know, President Challenge Week or whatever we did. Yeah, I and think I, he's a war criminal now, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. Oh, it was so good. I love the one, so you got detention. <laughs> oh, the Stan good. Lee scene. We didn't talk about the Stan Lee scene. Oh, oh that was that was hilarious. Where he, the guy's breaking into the car, and he's like, "It's, it's my his... car!" <laughs> and the yes. alarm's going off, and everybody's yelling, "I'm sorry!" Like he's really neighborhood Spider-Man. He's in Queens. Before we go to the post-credit scenes and what they mean, I do have some negatives that I don't. Or maybe you should help explain something because. The, the big thing that stuck out in this movie that made this Spider-Man different from all the others is, did this one even have a spider sense? Yes, but I mean, they just didn't, they just didn't name check it or call it out or, you know, the other movies, well, it was so heavy on them, you know, showing his eye and scene. then, yeah, 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 yeah. And they, they but just, still, they just didn't do it. I mean, of I, course... I, and Kevin Feige, you know, came out and said, yeah, of course he has Spider-Sense. We just didn't focus on it. I mean, everybody, well, just like we did, just like they didn't show his origin because we don't need it, we know right. he has Spider-Sense. Well, I mean, thing it's not even a question to is, me. Is I'm pretty sure he would have known that Ned was in his room. Well, I mean, his Spider-Sense tells him if there's danger. Like, it's not... Like, well, oh, about, the, the toast is about to burn. Well, I mean, okay, how about Vulture picking him out of the sky? Well, he should have been able to sense that. Well, that is true. I, I'm just saying there, there, this movie does have some miscues. I, I think, you know, he's running along those rooftops. He is in a very heightened sense. He is focused on this van. You would think all his spider abilities would be tip-top top-notch ability and vulture picks him out of the air like a rat it, it was one of the scenes that i'm like uh dude you should have at least seen that coming you're spider-man yeah but he was mid-jump i mean wasn't he he's still spider-man he could flip that around and web shooter his eyes in a heartbeat uh, i don't know maybe nerd! I'm, putting too much. I'm putting a little too much on my nerd uh, shame yeah Oh, How but, dare you decry this movie? Shame! Hey, I'm just trying to be fair, because I know a lot of people are going to listen to this and be like, listen to those two Marvel boys. Oh my goodness. Sean, Sean, we, we're we're a comic book nerd podcast. Oh, I know, I know, <laughs> but I guarantee you there'll be some DC people that are like, mm-mm-mm. You hear them? <clears throat> uh, <laughs> That's funny. The, oh, at but, least we're patient. That's right. Um, we move to the post-credit scenes. We get introduced to one more new character that I hope we will be seeing soon. What new character? And well, well, I guess he was on the boat. We get introduced to the Scorpion. Oh, okay. I was like, no, no, no. What? What? <laughs> Did I miss something? No, the no, he the was there. He was there. True, for like half a second, and then he got chunked in the water. No, he was in the warehouse. He was in every scene in the warehouse. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. But either way, he, he, he really didn't make his presence known until the prison scene. And uh, 
I think that Would scene you... was actually more focused on uh, the Vulture not disclosing that he knew who Spider-Man was. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask. So so you think that, you know, it's kind of like, well, you saved my daughter. You didn't let me die. I'll return the favor and not tell the bad guys your identity. No, I, I've, I've heard everybody else go that way. I'm leaning on he wants to kill him himself, so... All right, that's I just the way it struck that. me. But I can see it the other way around. And, and then do you a solid? And then uh, we get the biggest troll in Marvel history. Loved it. I loved it. It was great. That's funny. It's so funny how we do things. That you actually thought the troll was funny. Oh, I thought it was I, hilarious, I, dude. I had to pee from about forty-five <laughs> minutes to the end of that movie. That's even I, better. I love it. 45 minutes before the movie's over, I'm like, I drank too much Coke. I gotta pee. <laughs> Screw this. And then, like, I get the, the post-credit uh, vulture scene, and I'm like, okay. I pull out my phone. I'm like, just focus on your phone. Just focus on your phone until you hear something other than the music. Look up, watch the post-credit scene, and then hit the bathroom. And, man, I'm sitting there, and I look up to see Captain America trolling the crap out of me. I... I, I wasn't happy. I wasn't. Suck it, Trebek. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, it was funny. It was funny. Good job, Marvel. You trolled me. I and, and you know, oh, such a good movie. I want to go see it again. I want to go see it again right now, but I can't. Absolutely. But, it was. It was great. It was absolutely great. Go see it. If anybody, yeah, if anybody listened to this, hopefully they have seen it. Please hit us up on social media. Uh, I'm sure tomorrow Rick or I can start a thread on the uh, page and we can start discussing this and seeing what everybody else has to say about it. Make sure everybody else feels the way we feel about it. This has been awesome, man. I, uh, like, like we always say, uh, for not so Southern gentlemen, I'm Sean and I'm Ricky later.